We are Living by the Word Ministries, a nonprofit organization dedicated to one cause. That cause is the truth given in the Holy Bible, which we believe is the inerrant and infallible Word of God, conferred to man to live by. We let the Word of God be the final authority as to what is or is not true. We strongly feel that if we do not expose false doctrine, we only encourage it. This ministry is designed to challenge you from an apologetic point of view. 1 Peter 3.15 instructs us to always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. This is Michael Tinsley. Please stay tuned while we arm you, the believer, to keep living by the word. It's the noble thing to do. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Living by the Word Ministries presentation of the Bible Information Brokers. My name is Daryl E.Z.D. Fulton, one of the teammates. And I'm going to ask that you will go to the throne of God with me for a prayer about this broadcast. And I just, just before we came on the air, I did not see a, a text or a messenger message for the ministry until I just came in the studio. And I was under, I was made aware by Dan, one of our uh, good callers of the listening audience, one of the teammates out there, that Dan was uh, admitted on the 22nd in the hospital, and he was trying to break 103 fever. So, if Dan, if you're listening out there, and if you are uh, Carol, if you're out there and you're able, can you just give us a text, a message? I'll call into Eric at triple eight nine nine five 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 two, and give us an update on Dan. Either you or Carol and I do apologize. I literally just got the message now, even though it was sent a few days ago, um, and that's on us. We just didn't get an opportunity to uh, read the messages until he came in the studio. So I want to apologize for that, but also ask the listening audience to keep Dan in prayer if they're not able to call and give us an update that um, maybe I'll give him a call after um, the broadcast and then post it on the uh, Facebook page as to what is happening with our dear friend Dan and from South Bay. So let me go to the throne of God, ladies and gentlemen, listening audience and teammates out there. Please join me as we go to the throne of God to um, sort of filter this whole broadcast in his honor. So, Father God, just uh, the idea, the privilege that we have to pray for one another, even as we just did, Dan, Father God, with the news that just got us, the realities of our life that none of us are promised tomorrow, Father God. And I just trust and pray that uh, Dan is okay and I see a message that is uh um, that, you know, we hear from him prayerfully about this situation. Anyone else out there in our listening audience that is going through the various things in life, we just ask and pray, Father God, that you would um, bless them. We would uh, do whatever is needed for their life, Father God, whether it's healing, whether it's just uh, just peace of mind in given situation that's going on with all the, the vicissitudes of individual lives, but the world issues that are going on with uh, the war in Ukraine and just all the stuff that can go on, Father God, it can be so overwhelming. But what a great and privileged opportunity we have to come before you. You told us as believers we can come to you in boldness, not in arrogance, but in boldness because like a loving father would hear from his children, you want to hear from us. You want us to cast our cares on you. So the care that we're going to cast on you right now, Father God, is about this broadcast, about this medium that we have a question and answer format that you would be honored and and you will be glorified in how we do your kingdom business. Thank you for the privilege of doing this kingdom business, Father God. And it is Jesus' precious and matchless name that I come to you 
humbly and say thank you for letting us work in your kingdom and be glorified even as we get edified in considering what you say about the various questions that may come in tonight. In Jesus' precious and matchless name I pray. Amen. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to give the phone number where you can um, call in. Call Eric right now. He's ready to receive your phone call. Be in prayer for our dear friend Brian. He's, he caught something from one of those grandkids. He's going to learn about those grandkids and situation, catching those things, old as he is. But keep Brian in your prayer as well. But if you want to join a broadcast and ask a question, get those questions answered from a biblical perspective, well, here's what you need to do. If you're a first-time listener or if you've been listening for many years, the number happens to be 888-995-5552, where you can call Eric right now. He will receive your call. He is here willing and ready to get you set up for uh, your question so we can give you a biblical response. 888-995-5552. KKLA or numerically triple eight nine nine five 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 two. Let's go ahead and light those phones up right now so we can set it up and we can have as many questions answered as you send in. So please take that opportunity to call Eric right now at triple eight nine nine five 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 two. Every other format that we have is uh, real simple as far as the address. Just go to our website dot com or Facebook if you're listening out there and by video or audio on Facebook or tweet or messenger. All those formats where you can send a question is Bible Info Brokers. Simply Bible Info Brokers in an appropriate format. Get your questions asked and answered. And if you're out there in, on Facebook in cyberspace land, as I call it, please take an opportunity to check in and by all means share. Click that little arrow that goes to the right and click that share button let people know that you're listening to bible information brokers live right now and that way they have access to it live and also they'll know that it's also be archived by them searching the facebook page for bible info brokers so take an opportunity to share it and check in with us let us know that you're out there and we really appreciate all the questions that's going to come in tonight so let's have a seamless show and just thank god for the opportunity and privilege to as i say work in his kingdom through this format that we have set up now i already introduced uh um, uh, eric by calling him jared is taking care of all the engineering stuff right right he gave me the thumbs up on that he's going to take care of that so if anything goes awry we're a team we're going to go down with the team <laughs> but without further ado i'd like to introduce one of the other teammates Back from a uh, pre, uh, pre-broadcast break, Professor Craig Hawkins, telephonically speaking. PCH, how you doing, sir? <laughs> I got it all in, brother. I'm giving you a chance. <laughs> you didn't even. Is it, by the way, is it time for a break? Yet? Not yet, not yet, not yet. <laughs> how you doing, okay. PCH? Okay. And, uh, Brian, we're going to have to, I'm concerned about that brother. Well, you know, we're going we to talk to his union rep, too. We're going to talk to his rep as well. <laughs> I think he's used up all of his. Oh, he's, I think he used some of mine. <laughs> but anyway, we trust and pray that he's doing better. He said he's just a little bug, and I appreciate him not coming in. You know, the older I get, I'm, uh, you know, we're susceptible a little bit more than we were when we had a higher immune system uh, when we were a little younger, just a little younger. But I do appreciate Actually, that. I'm almost about the same, maybe even a little stronger. Actually, I had asthma pretty bad as a kid and oh, allergies. Wow. And- I caught everything, and actually, by the grace of God, I watch me get sick tomorrow. Don't. I actually, <laughs> <laughs> Where's your I faith? Got gotten, I've gotten less so as I've gotten older. Wow. Um, but anyways. Well, you know, it is what it is. I, I don't know if you heard but before I started the broadcast. I did get, I see a, um, a messenger, a message from uh, 
Dan's dear wife, Carol, and I hope that they will call in. If Dan is happen to be listening, just let us know that he is okay. Uh, if not, then I will be calling him after the broadcast and find out and give you know give you guys at least an update on the team and then let the listening audience know by way of Facebook. So, um, you know, just we'll keep Dan in the prayers. Uh, he had 103 fever, was in the hospital getting some tests done on the 22nd is what I saw the, uh, the text was so about three or four days ago in regards to that. So we'll keep Dan lifted up. You know, in prayer, and then we'll uh, contact um, him a little later because I, I, I personally do have his phone number, and I will give him a call. Okay, PCH, what I want to do is um, I'm going to take as many phone calls we have. I have a couple of questions that is maybe involved with our answer. So what I'm going to do is take the opportunity to honor all the callers because can, we can do our, you know, my question uh, towards the, uh, you know, the middle of the broadcast when we have, ever have time. But right now I want the callers to call in. Uh, we want to honor them first and give them um, you know, priority as we should at 888-995-5552. Uh, you can call in 888-995-5552. Or everything else is Bible Info Brokers. So I'll be checking the Facebook page, the emails, and all of that so that we can have a seamless show with questions and answers as the much time the Lord gave us for this broadcast, PCH. So let's get right into it. If you are ready, brother. Yeah. I got a little scared there, man. It was a pause in your voice. I thought it was a break time, but I know it's not. Eric, save me from Granada Hills. Thank you, brother, for calling in. Yeah, thank you for taking my call. Um, it, it's been a couple of years since I've called you guys, and so let me just take the opportunity again to say thank you. You you bless us all with your work, and one guy continue to bless your ministry. We really appreciate so, that, Eric. Yeah, thank you, and all of you and your families and so on. Man, thank you. Um, so <clears throat> my question uh, specifically is about the methods and the ways in which God speaks to us, um, but I, I have a secondary question with, which relates as to how I came to this question. It's about um, the teaching of the priesthood of all believers within the Bible. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was in um, a um, teaching class at the church I go to currently, and I, over many, many years of walking with the Lord, I've been, I'm very, very disappointed with how um, uh, pastors handle um, uh, uh, believers within their flock and really sort of um, a kind of arrogance that comes down from ignoring the fact that we are all priests, um, for those of us who are truly born again and inhabited by the Holy Spirit, Paul teaches that we are a part of a royal priesthood. And um, what concerns me is that um, we all have different gifts, but certainly in the list of spiritual gifts, there is not an item listed that um, uh, any believer has some special knowledge of the truth, the capital truth. That's what being embodied by the Holy Spirit um, is. It allows us to have access to the truth. There are spiritual gifts for teaching, meaning somebody has more of a skill to lead uh, in certain areas, leadership or teaching and so on. And it's disappointing uh, to me, I, I, I'm hoping you guys might agree with this, when when pastors don't recognize that within their flock, um, of course, they, they are held accountable to certain groups, such as an elder board and so on. And I was sitting in a teaching class um, about the Scriptures, and uh, I had made a comment, there was a discussion about the Scriptures, and I had made a comment, uh, there was a discussion about the uh, translations of the Bible, and the difference in translations, and I had made this comment about how 
the truth exists outside of the translations. I think the pastor had misunderstood me. He thought maybe I said the truth exists outside of the scriptures. Um, I think uh, I've heard it taught many, many times over by great theologians that the truth uh, exists, the, 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 if you want to get into the, the writing of the Bible, it exists in what is, I think is commonly referred to um, uh, Pastor Hawkins as, or Professor Hawkins as the original autographs. Mm. And, of course, the original autographs were not even in English. And so, uh, in, in any event, uh, ultimately this teaching that we were, we were um, receiving about the Bible um, started to go to a point about how we hear from God. And this particular pastor's teaching with regards to Scripture was just really, really focused solely on the fact that we hear from God through the Scriptures to the point that he wanted to push down that we only hear. And I think you guys would understand where this goes, because pastors get concerned about these special words that people hear and, and right, this right. and that. But the truth of the matter is, is people do receive special words from okay. God. Okay, Eric, let's do this, Eric. Let's, Eric if I could, Eric, let's bring it into that question form. I think we understand your question and your point, and yeah. I can understand your passion on what you have experienced in the uh, the fellowship that you attend, and especially when you're trying to teach the Word and in leadership, and you have this, um, I would just call it a, a, a spiritual conundrum in a sense. And I'll simply say this, for any leader, uh, everyone that's on this call and everyone that may be listening should have the attitude that they're not leaders of their church. They're leaders. They're under shepherds, number one. And then if you're going to be a leader in any particular uh, man, just in general, or just a people, especially of the body of Christ should have a servant leader attitude more so uh, emphasizing the, the the servanthood because even Jesus uh, showed that himself when he was alive but PCH uh, I think you got a, a drift of what Eric is talking about uh, what say you in regards to uh, Eric's uh, I call a little spiritual conundrum well yes and of course they're all related and it's how do we hear from God and um, so, so some denominations hold the view that we only hear from God only through His Word, and clearly I believe that, other than Jesus Christ Himself, that the main revelation is the Word of God. It's called special revelation. I have a free outline on this special versus general revelation, and we talk about this in that outline. But So that's that's an issue, and I share uh, pastoral concerns, but, but I would argue God does speak to Christians in other ways, but it will never contradict the Word of God. The, the definitive re- revelation here and now is written, and, and rightly so. Why? Because if it wasn't written, we would all be modifying it with our own you know, alleged revelations, real or imagined. I mean, Deuteronomy 13 and 18 clearly set guidelines for things that are taught or believed that contradict uh, God's Word. So we want to be really careful careful with that. Um, so I, I do understand the concern, but, but look, how do, you, how do you deal with Joel 2, 30, 32? Clearly God says in latter times he's going to give dreams and visions mm-hmm. and that. Now again, all dreams, all visions, all alleged words from the Lord must be tested by Scripture. Scripture is the standard, not, not the individual. Um, and we can't start resorting to our own <laughs> private revelations. So, so I, I want to mention that number one. Um, 
so what if God does speak to somebody, you must always be in accord with the Word of God. It's the ultimate standard in the sense of it's the written Word of God. God's the standard, but He's given us His Word, which is the expression of Him and His nature and His revelations. So, any rate, those need to be taken into consideration seriously, number one. Even people who would definitely not be considered charismatics or wild-eyed, you know, people speculating about God revealing himself, think of the Puritans, Baxter and others. They believe that God spoke on an individual basis to believers regarding certain things in their lives, that they could receive guidance for whether to take a job or do this or do that or not do this or do that. You know, this, this is never like, can I steal or not? That's always wrong. This isn't about new truths for the, of revelation for the content of the faith. But as far as direct guidance, should I take this job? Should I move to there? They even believe that God gave guidance and direction on those matters. So that's this is not something new. I guess point number three is... Well, there is special insights that those who dedicate themselves to the Word of God can have, but it doesn't make them superior. If they if they have a, a better knowledge of the Word of God, then they do know God better, and they do have insights. But but some of that is inflated and prideful. Some of that, uh, some of the nincompoopishness I hear people say is just it's drivel. It's like that's not what the Word of God says. That's not a special insight. So we test all things by the Word of God. I, I'm a Protestant. Now I don't just say I'm a Protestant. I'm a Protestant in spirit, which means I hold the soul of Scriptura, and I don't. I take the Word of God seriously, and I only submit to any earthly authority as they're faithful to God's Word, and that's the whole point. We never submit to a pastor, real or imagined, because they're a pastor. I submit to them because they're faithful to God's Word. If they're not faithful to God's Word, I'm not listening to them. I'm not going to do what they say. They're not the standard. We are at best under-shepherds, as people, Daryl and I and Brian, who are, you know, ordained ministers of the gospel, we take that seriously. My my faithfulness is to God, and I want to show respect and honor to whom it's due, but th- nobody has this trump card that they can use mm-hmm. on me saying, well, here's the real magic decoder ring, here's the, the magisterium or whatever that I have for insights that you can't have. It's like, don't play that nonsense on me, homie. That doesn't work. This is the Word of God. We do believe, as you said, and the Reformers were very big on this, one of the key teachings came out of the Solas was the priesthood of all believers, and that we're all equal before God. And I would say in any healthy church, there is appreciation, even for those who are not full-time, you know, past and so, and quote-unquote, full-time ministry doesn't mean they're not intelligent, doesn't mean they have good things to say. It's kind of like being the head of your home. Only a, only a fool doesn't listen to his wife and doesn't take her seriously. My, my wife knows things that I don't know. She has all kinds of insights that I don't have. I am the spiritual authority in the house, and I make the, deci- the big, big, big decisions, but that's never separate from her. It's always in conjunction and under advisement, as we'd say legally, under advisement, and, and, and realizing and I take the responsibility for it. But again, it's just like in the military, the general may make the decision, but he's a fool. A fool is the general who doesn't listen to the rest of his men, to the rest of his soldiers, uh, whatever their gender may be. And, and, 
and and take into consideration things that they see. The wise man seeks a counsel of many, and iron sharpens iron. So we have to watch sacerdotalism. There's the fifty cent term for the day. Uh, sacerdotalism is this overemphasis of the of the of the ministry of the priesthood in quotes, and thinking that some people are special and they're not. In fact, I'm going to argue. So I'm going to go back to this point and I'm doubling back now. Is that one of the problems with most Protestant churches, they're not truly Protestant. We've developed this hero worship stuff where we have our favorite pastor, and if pastor so-and-so says something, it must be gospel. No. If it's faithful to the Word of God and they can show me it's consistent with Scripture, then I'm all ears. Otherwise, I don't have time for that. So we need to get off the hero worship and and the uh, the icons we've made out of leaders. And and by the way, look at second point on that. Look at all the leaders who are falling and have mm. been falling the last year, two, three, four, five, ten. When I worked years ago at the Christian Research Institute, years ago when Walter Martin was still alive, and when I used to do the Bible Answer Man program with him, that's a long time ago, <laughs> um, basically we were the clearinghouse for almost all the dirt and smut in Christianity in America. We would hear all kinds of things because people looked to us, they trusted us, but also they looked to us to help, for example, deal with accountability issues or to try to bring resolution and uh, in, in things. So we, we heard everything and anything. So this isn't new for for me, I mean, I did that in the eighties, uh, and I, that was my first real, dose of reality of how many leaders get in trouble and the stuff that goes on that people don't even hear about. And I believe part of the answer is, besides the simple godliness and holiness, is accountability. There has to be accountability among leaders, and leaders are not over in the sense of superior, as Peter tells us in First Peter 5 and elsewhere. They're not to lord it over people. Jesus warns us about that, right? And P- Peter himself, an apostle, uh, the inner circle even, one of the top three, if you will. He, he, he appeals as a fellow elder, and he, he appeals as a fellow believer. So as Protestants, we are be- fellow believers. We believe in mutual accountability and submission. We believe in sola scriptura, not that we don't use reason and experience and tradition, but they're always subservient. We, the theological term is they have a ministerial role, that is the magisterial role only goes to God and to His Word. And I believe the Church, and I'm talking about the Protestant part of the Church, much of this could be cleared up, much of the mess that is the Church, particularly in America, and I do believe it's really in trouble. Uh, that's my view, having traveled many parts of the world and seen how messed up we are here, how compromised, how uh, how... What's what I want? Nominal. Uh, it's how sad it is. How lukewarm much of the church is. We're co- we're compromised because we don't hold our leaders accountable, and and, we, and the part of the, and we don't they hold them accountable, so they don't have to hold us accountable. We need accountability, even among our leaders. We need to get back to the Word of God as the gold standard, and not Pastor, Doctor, Reverend, so and so, and what they say. There's too much the cult of celebrity. I was just reading mm. the. Some old stuff by J.I. Packer, long story. I think he's a great man of God, a phenomenal Christian thinker, leader, theologian, not just pastor, but theologian. And a lot of his archived articles are available, and I uh, accessed them. I had to go on a service and subscribe to it and pay for it, but it was worth it. But some of his old articles, but he talks about things like this, uh, and uh, the you know the cults of, of 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 celebrity worship in the church, and and I'm I'm spending a lot of time on this with you right now, Eric, because I think this is really significant. This is the attitude that is prideful and sinful, 
and is causing not all but much of the weakness of the church is because we have too many leaders, too many guys who think they're all that, and they're not accountable to anybody, and when they want your opinion, they'll give it to you. Look, if you're going to a church like that, go find another one. Uh, it's not it's not worth it. These guys need to be humbled, and I'm tired of the, all these leaders going down in flames. We all make mistakes. None of us is perfect, but they 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 don't have accountability. Then when they get caught, it seems they're more they're sorry that they got caught, not that they really did stuff. There's so many cases of abuses. I could I if I wanted right now, I could go the rest of the night and give name after name after name just in the last five years alone in America of one leader after another, one celebrity after another, who's gone down in flames. Major big-time sin. And I don't just mean they fell into sin and got right out of it. I mean they were like living in adultery for 10 years. They were ripping the church off for 10, 20 years. Their whole ministry, they were stealing money, what have you. This has got to stop. And other than a flat-out short judgment from God directly, it's going to only happen, I believe, through the church rising up. John and Joan Q, church attendant, congregate, and saying, we've had enough of this. We are demanding accountability. We want transparency. We want to know how the funds are spent. We want to see an accounting that should be available. We want to know who holds you accountable. Who, who, who's holding you accountable? And if we don't start doing this, we're going to see the church have one after another, after another, after another case of leaders falling and the abuses and the problems, Eric, to the point that I think you're talking about. These are symptoms of a deeper illness, a deeper disease, and it is the pride, the hubris, uh, the arrogance, pick any term you want, of many, many, not all, there are many great men of God, people who do a wonderful job, I want to be careful, but there's plenty who are not, and they're just accidents waiting to happen because they don't have accountability, and because, because we don't hold them accountable. If the Church would say, enough is enough, we've had it, this is going to stop now, why? Because we're not going to give any money here, that's how. You want to get people's attention? Don't give any money. Don't tithe. Give it somewhere else. Someone who, it's the Lord's money, but give it to a ministry that is accountable and whose books are open. And we've had it no more. They couldn't survive, but we keep, we keep enabling this nonsense to go on because we're not being faithful to God's Word. And I'm not talking about the leaders right now. I'm talking about the congregation. I'm talking to all the, the priesthood of believers that you've mentioned, rightly so. So there you go. Amen. You know, and, and Eric, I would like to ask Amen. you, Eric. I'm, I'm going to give you the floor in a second, Eric. I'd like, I'd like to add yeah, on to that okay. by asking you a question. When you approached the pastor about this, you were saying that what was the response or when you approached the leadership or whatever way that you have set up in the congregation that you were attending or do attend, what do they have available for you? Like to, like we have with, the, you know, with our Constitution, a regress or grievance. You know, you can, there's some kind of order to the church. What order did they give you to uh, approach? this issue? Well, I, I went to speak with him personally about yeah. this misunderstanding that happened in uh, what would have been sort of like open questioning within a teaching class, and mm -hmm. I went to speak with him personally, and mm -hmm. um, some of the uh, comments that Pastor, Professor Craig uh, gave there um, uh, matched this kind of problem, just sort of the offense uh, a leader might feel if somebody from the congregation questions them. It's, 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 it's completely, it's completely inappropriate. And so I knew that just opening up a large topic like that, I left a lot of meat on the bone there for you, Professor, and you chewed it up. Thank you, brother, for, 
delivering that. Let me do say, though, while there are plenty of leaders, um, we have this syndrome, I agree, the hero worship syndrome. Yes. And what it leads to is going to lead to churches just going away, because when the hero goes away, that church is going to go away. Exactly. And, but let times. me point out, what you started, you touched on it some there, Professor, you're mostly talking about the leaders, but as uh, the flock, we have a responsibility to to carry and bear the truth also. It's yes. just disappointing when you go to try and talk to one of your leaders about the truth, and they basically beat you down. But let me share one really wonderful thing, the experience in my walk, which goes to this whole idea of how God speaks to us. Great, A great miracle, a thing that I saw early in my walk, was a formerly Muslim woman who came to speak at a church that I was at. Now, this wasn't just some random person. She had an organization of Christians around her, and some of you might even see where this is going already. This was a woman who had come from some small village someplace out of North Africa and knew nothing about Jesus Christ, Mm. knew nothing about the Word of God, and Christ spoke to her. Christ is alive. Amen. He yes, sits sir. on the throne. He is working and reigning. He speaks to people. He delivers people out of falsehood. These things happen. God works and speaks in other ways other than just the Bible. And of course, obviously, what we believe, what we believe we're hearing from the Word has to be tested against the Word of God. There are great stories of people being delivered by miracles, by receiving visions from angels or visions from Christ, hearing from Christ, and so on. These are real things that happen, and I remember being affected incredibly about this Muslim woman's story, and about the many years after she started hearing from the Lord before she can herself out of Islam. Indeed, indeed, Eric. Amen. Thank you, Lord, for the miracles that he works. Appreciate your call, man. God bless you, man. Uh, 888-995-5552 is the number you can call in. Just like Eric did, listen, no subject matter, no question is uh, you should feel any kind of way about your question other than you want to desire to get an answer from a biblical perspective. And that's what we intend to do. Bible Information Brokers, so call Eric right now at 888-995-5552. 888-995-5552 is the number, everything else, every other format where you can send a question, whether it's through Facebook, email, as our dot-com website, Messenger, tweet, what have you, is Bible Info Brokers. That's the address, Bible Info Brokers. So please take an opportunity to call in with your question, email, tweet, or messenger us your questions. PCA, that, that was an excellent call, man. That was an excellent um, subject matter to deal with. And like you said, we could talk about that uh, at, a, at infinitum. And it kind of leads into why we're setting up the other calls, and I'm checking for other um, questions that may be coming in by the other formats, is what I wanted to initially um, kind of talk about today, which um, I, I saw a video, and I won't mention the, the, the name of the video, but it was dealing with um, the L- LGBTQ community and uh, progressive Christianity versus um, Orthodox uh, Evangelical Christianity. And I won't even mention the people's names at this time, and only because I didn't send it to you guys. You know, we could talk about it. I mean, it's not a hard, fast rule, but the bottom line issue was just what Eric was talking about. What does the Word of God say about the various situations in it? And it wasn't a debate, but I like the format where it was a dialogue. And one of the things that came out is about how we do our apologetics. You know, we talk about in the beginning of the show and Michael Tilley and 
in the opening that we have about doing the apologetics, talking about what we believe and why we believe it for the hope that we have within us and with gentleness and respect. But away from that gentleness and respect, but right kind of a sister to it, Craig, is my question or my, my particular thought. And you've talked about this uh, many a times. I remember back in the day uh, you spoke of you, you had a sermon about it or a couple of maybe even a series about it, about the idea of judging and I'm going to add the other part, judging slash discerning. The part I'm going to add in, not condemning, because we're not in a position to condemn, but we're definitely in a position as believers to judge. Can you kind of touch on that? We haven't did it for a little while about the difference between judgment, parenthetically, discernment, slash you're not in a position to condemn because you are not God. Can you talk on that real quickly, PCH? Well, sure. I think it's a subject that we've totally misunderstood. People think, oh, you're judging me, don't judge me, but they misunderstand Matthew 7, where it talks about that. Actually, Matthew's just saying, don't judge unrighteously, don't judge by a double standard. Mm-hmm. That's the. It's not judging that is, it is forbidden, it's a type of judging. Indeed, uh, 1 Thessalonians 5 tells us, and we even say this applies to us, test all things, hold fast to that which is good. So there's some key words that are used in Greek. Dokimazo is one of the words to approve. Krino, and then the cognates of Krino. Anakrino, diakrino, but Krino is the main word to judge, to examine, to weigh, to discern. And Hebrews 5, and then into 6, it tells us the mark of the mature believer is the ability to discern good from evil, that we must judge. The church at Ephesus was praised by Jesus. Why? One of the reasons they were praised, because they examined, they judged, they discerned, they weighed those who claimed to be apostles and found them to be false, and kicked them out of the church. Jesus praises them for kicking some people out of the mm. church because they were false teachers. So we have this pietistic uh, maudlin, which is overly emotional view of what judgment is. Yeah, there are some things we're not to judge. We're not to judge uh, by a double standard, hypocritically. We're not to judge by mere appearance. Sometimes we make these snap or hasty judgments that the facts don't really support. We see something on camera, oh, look, the guy did that, when in fact you find out the earlier. It's kind of like the officials. I always chuckle, often referees, you know how that difficult that is. Be careful. Be careful. No, uh, but respect with your background is of course. typically the referee sees the second punch thrown, yes, right? Yes, yes, yes. They don't see the first one, and they so they throw the first guy out of it, the, the guy they see out of the game, when in fact it was somebody else who started the fight many times. Not always, but sometimes. So the point is, we're not to judge superficially. We're not to judge... Uh, by, by a double standard, hypocritically. We're not to judge ultimate salvation. Now, that one has to be done carefully. Mm-hmm. And by that, it means we're not the ultimate judge. We can and should warn people. If we don't see fruit, if we think someone's really not a believer, we have every right to warn them. And Paul, indeed, t- warns people, and he tells them, you know, judge yourself. Examine you yourself. Exactly. Or exactly. Not, right? So, so, so the concept actually of judging is, is to, but not being judgmental, not being pharisaical or holier than thou, thinking that one's better, because indeed we're told that let him th- who thinks he stands, he takes heed lest he fall, or you who are spiritual, restore such a one, Paul tells us, but be careful lest you fall into the same condemnation. Now, by the way, I've just mentioned a bunch of things here, but I have a free outline on this. It's available if people email us, I can send them an electronic copy of the outline, judge, or, or at least you be judged. Right. 
God commands us to judge, but we're not to... So we're told to judge. It's the mark of the mature believer. It's when it's done hypocritically by a double standard, superficially. You know, those are the things that are forbidden, but judging is actually the mark of a mature believer, and it's something that we've totally misunderstood. And there's, frankly, there's pastors who abuse that and say, oh, you're judging me, or, you know, who are you to question me? Uh, well, actually, I'm nobody, but uh, I would say as a member of a church, but uh, but Christ has given me this authority as a, as a, as a believer, and I'm going to be faithful to his word, and I'm going to test what you say by the full counsel of God. And And again, one more time, if you're not being taught that, and the pastor is giving you objections, and mm. I think of the line from from uh, uh, from uh, uh, come on, I can't believe it, uh, not Cicero, but uh, oh, Shakespeare. I mean, he thinks the woman does protest too much. If when some people protest too much, I go, "There's something wrong here," because we tell people not that we're perfect. But we're attempting to live this. We tell people, yeah, test what we say, look at what we say, examine it, see if what we're saying is true. Particularly when we tell you what the original languages say or other things. We we welcome that because if you're in the light, you have nothing to hide. They don't mm-hmm. want to hide stuff because they're doing things they shouldn't be doing and or they're radically insecure and, and or prideful. If you're in the light... Look, come check the books out. Look at what we do. Look at how we do it. We're, we want to do, as Paul says, things that are open and honest before all men, right? Paul's very clear that he doesn't want to do anything that brings reproach to the gospel, anything that looks like we're, we're fudging, we're cheating, we're pocketing money, we're being unethical. I mean, there's been some, one last time, Daryl, some, as you know, some incredibly gross immorality by some major household name Christian leaders in America over the last two years, five years, uh, just rapidly so, and it, it's got to stop. And it you, won't stop until we start testing all things, judging all things, not being judgmental, not being uh, holier than thou, but in a spirit of humility and saying, how are you running this ministry? What are you teaching? Why are you teaching it? And and if we don't do that, it, it's going to get worse for the church in America, is my opinion. You know, I've constantly said, and many times I've had the privilege of people who have actually failed, and, um, you know, whether it's a man or a woman, I won't get into that, but they failed in areas whereby, uh, you know, it was um, sexual immorality. And then the issue is they didn't run from the the discipline. They didn't run from now some did, mm-hmm. but they didn't run from discipline. And I and I, and I counted a privilege that they would uh, allow me in their life when it was going through the discipline process to like pray with them, to spend time with them, talk with them, man. Because except by the grace of God, there go any of us in regards to the different type of things that we can fall in. And mm-hmm. I tell you something. This is a thing that. I'm not going to get too much into it right now, but we have to watch out even in our judgment as uh, leadership boards and things like that is going to be judging someone else. To remember Galatians 6, 1, in the spirit of which we should do it, except by the grace of God, there goes us as well. And people can take that, you know, say have a position of power without the parking spot and just kind of do some damage to the body of Christ for those that are being restored, man. So we have to be aware of all of it because what are we? We are sinful creatures saved by grace, maturing and being sanctified by the, you know, by the power of God. At least we forget it's not just what we do, but it's also how we yield to the spirit of God to do and handle the Lord's business. Craig, and it's just too serious of an issue not to have more discussion on it time and time again. I mean, I just find it, um, 
kind of ridiculous. To be honest with you, it's kind of ridiculous. But what I don't find ridiculous is this, PCH, that the same way that people have an opportunity and a, and a responsibility to be a good Berean, they have an opportunity and a responsibility to consider what God has given them as far as their resources. And I'm leading into something that should be obvious to the people that listen to the broadcast and at the time that we do closer to the bottom of the hour, um, a, a, a support cry out. Not crying in a negative sense, but just letting you know what the need is. The need is for us to have financial help in doing all aspects of ministry. Here's one thing you're not going to do yet, but if we ever start doing it, get in a position to do it, we'll let you know when we're going to start getting paid. But right now, we're still using all the monies that come in for the ministry, the uh, the associated costs with the websites, and all the stuff that we have to do in regards to the ministry. And we thank you all, the faithful listeners of the past and current time who's been supporting this ministry for the last 23-plus years. God bless you. We thank you. God knows exactly who you are. Of course, we know because we see the record, but God knows this was more important, and he knows your heart attitude. So I'm going to ask that you would consider your heart attitude, and if you would consider participating and partnering with us to continue the work that we do on this level. As far as the question and answer format that we have and the various seminars, things that we put on and the various ministries that Craig is involved with, Brian and myself, we ask that you would support all of that. And here's how you can simply do it. And you can even designate on what percentage you want to give out, and we will honor that as well. Because like I said, you're not paying our salaries as of yet, but it'd be great if we could, but it's not the situation right now. So, Cyril, we need to be clear, we don't get salaries. So. Yeah. That's right. With, sometimes we speak facetiously, but we need no, to be clear. Very, I'm trying you, to be very I'm clear. Gonna, we're going we're, we're gonna to quadruple your salary, which <laughs> is still zero. Yeah, well, that, that's exactly what you would be doing. But listen, not always, here's what you can do. You can simply go to our website right now. It's set up whereby you can give a one-time gift or recurring basis set up and be done with it. If you go to Bible Info Brokers, Bible Info Brokers, and go to the page, support and donate, you will see how you can handle that right there. One simple page. If I can do it, I'm sure anybody else that's on the Internet should be able to do it. Just go right to our website at Bible Info Brokers to support and donate. If you want to send um, a check or a money order or set it up for tomorrow when you go out, you can do so. Write the check out, write the envelope out, and you go to the, uh, the post office and get that $455 stamp that things cost now. And you can simply uh, write the check out to Living by the Word. LBTW, if you would, but living by the word is fine. And, and mail it to P.O. Box 90477. That's P.O. Box 90477 in Los Angeles. And the zip code is very simple. It's a 9 in the beginning and a 9 at the end with the appropriate amount of zeros in the middle. So let me give it to you. 90009. I hope Brian take notes of that. He can do it so he will never mess up. And giving that address. So again, P.O. Box 90477 in Los Angeles, zip code 90009. We thank you in advance for those donations. God bless you. And what a great time and what a privilege it is that you have to work in the kingdom of God on that level. And we thank you very much. And if you want to designate, please feel to designate to a TOT, trainer of trainers, right, Craig? Is it trainer of trainers, right? Mm-hmm. See, I, I, without, without even looking at my notes, because I don't have any notes. But also, you can also give and let uh, designate how much you want to do to that. And, and the various things, anything that you think that we're doing uh, ministry-wise, and if you want to get more radio time and all that type of stuff, you can participate by saying that. And, of course, we're going to use the money appropriately as we have uh, set up now. But take an opportunity, especially if you want to uh, bless Professor and getting ready to go back out there and do that very – 
evangelistic thing where you're teaching people in places he cannot even go. And Craig, that's the beauty of it. So want, you know what, Craig, real quickly, why don't you talk on that just a quick second in regards to that training of trainers, man, because people have an opportunity to go around the world with the gospel vicariously through their giving. Well, yeah, thanks, Daryl. The part of what I do, a number of facets, but involved with TOT training of trainers, and we train pastors, missionaries, and other Christian leaders. And I've literally trained people who go up into the Himalayas and parts, other parts, Myanmar, into old Burma, and other places that where you and I can't get into. Mm -hmm. Even when I have a, a, I have a passport, of course, I have a visa to get into India. But and then certain states, I ask you have to get permission to go in there, and then they follow me around. That's another whole thing, and all kinds of stuff. But the point is, there are some areas they still won't let me go in, but the people we've been tra- we've trained can and do go in. And so I've tra- helped been involved in training guys who came out of Hinduism, were in the highest caste as Brahmins, and they go up into the Himalayas out of one particular state, and from India up in, into the Himalayas. Uh, actually, the foothills are there in, in northern India, but uh, at any rate, and do that. Same thing in, in Nepal, and I'm actually hoping to go back to Nepal this summer. Uh, it's been a while since we've been out, so we're working on that right now, trying to get that all lined up. But literally into, for example, into Burma, there's places where I could not go, and some of the uh, border states in India, they would not let me go into, but I had the privilege of training pastors, missionaries, and Christian leaders, and they go into those areas. So that's what it's about. So when people prayerfully financially support that, that's the supply chain. That's We are impacting the world, and that's not hype. That's reality. Uh, okay. I count that some of the greatest privileges I've ever been yeah. given. I've gone into areas where there's not even a there's not even a municipal airport. I always love it. Someone says, "Why don't you fly in?" Because there's no airport. Well, yeah, but just a little plane. No, there's no runways. <laughs> you know, it's like. Um, but, uh, anyways, some of those places have been crazy, and it's but incredible privileges. I've been in villages where they were a g-string, where guys, I mean, live in bamboo. Huts. Yeah. Yeah, I've got the pictures to prove it. I mean, it's crazy. So I've been in places, yeah, where there's a hundred million plus people in Delhi, New Delhi area. But I've also been in incredibly remote areas, not just in India, but in Nepal and Thailand and the Myanmar and other places as well. And that's what it's all about, Daryl. Is 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 sharing the gospel. But but a big part of our ministry is equipping others. Indeed. To share the gospel. Look, if I try to learn these languages, it take me years and years and years. <laughs> these guys already know the languages. A lot of my buddies speak in five languages. Some of them speak ten, twelve, and they uh, because ethnically they're from the same group. They can get in wherever I go. I'm stared at because I'm the white guy and I stand. No, say it's not so. <laughs> and and in some of the states, no hype. The the, the the authorities follow me around and will not allow me to go certain places, then call me in, even after I've already had an interview, already got permission yeah. to go into the state. And then if I if I have to give them my itinerary, and if I'm not where I said I was going to be, they, they, they are coming. I've had to actually do it, come looking for me. Yeah. And then I've been called in several times as well, and they want to know what I'm doing. But when I train these other people, they have access that I don't, that we don't, and that is truly taking the gospel to the uttermost parts of the, of the, of the earth. 
so efficient, ladies and gentlemen. We and like I call it, it's a privilege and opportunity to do some kingdom work and working in kingdom of God with the treasures, the time and the talent. But in this particular case, the treasures that you have that God puts you in the stewardship over, consider please. And if you do give, please give generously and faithfully. And we really appreciate that in advance, as you have been doing. And please, please, please continue to pray for this ministry, just like uh, our dear brother Eric, with the first caller, said that they do and will continue to do. And we really appreciate that. Way in advance. We thank you very much. Triple eight nine nine five 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 two is a number. Triple eight nine nine five 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 two. Call Eric right now. Uh, Jerry's making sure all this engineering stuff is working. You're doing a fine job, brother. I appreciate you. So call Eric right now. Triple eight nine nine five 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 two. Or you can send your message uh, by Facebook, email, tweet, messenger, what have you. And all those formats at Bible Info Brokers. Bible Info Brokers. Well, here's a name on this um, the screen I see, uh, PCH, and I definitely was talking about earlier in the broadcast. Is this our Dan from South Bay? Dan, are you there? Hello. Hello. Man, you know, I just, let me just say, I don't know if you listened to the beginning of the broadcast, but I saw when Carol sent a message on the 22nd at 3 o'clock in the morning. I just got it now. I actually yeah. literally just read it. And so, man, just to hear your voice, uh, you know, I usually sometimes give you a little hard time to have you get right to the question, but I want to hear your voice. Say something. Say hi to Craig at least. Hi, Craig. <laughs> hey, Dan. Man, how's tell tell us because the listening audience, uh, Diana and everybody's been praying for you, man, because of the message I gave out earlier. Please let us know how you're doing, and then we can get into your question. All right, that's cool. For the reason I called back is kind of the follow up on last week. Um, I don't know. I felt moved to do so, and I've been. If you got a problem, got the solution, and so that's why the the question is going to be on prayer. Uh, which is really kind of more of a topic. And, and we, we were talking about it last week. But And you prayed for me at the beginning of the show, but I missed the first 10 minutes. Right. So Eric told me that you did. That you did. Uh, and then I realized my wife had put in uh past prayer request because I was in the hospital. Yeah. Uh, last Sunday, I called and asked for prayer. Monday, I went to the... I went to, at my wife's request, I went to the uh, urgent care. They sent me to emergency. Emergency, uh, after being there most of the night, all of a sudden my temperature spiked and my heart rate went to 117. Mm. So they put me, they admitted me. I was in there until Thursday. And all they found is a virus. We don't really know what's going on. It's just, and I've been weak, but they can't find it. I don't have COVID, um, but there's, they, they're sure it's a virus. They just don't, can't, it doesn't, all the test results come back negative. Right. So where do you go with that? They don't, they don't have any follow-up. They're not giving me any, they can't give you an antibiotic for a virus anyway. So they release you without follow-up. And, and, uh, that's where I am. Wow, man. The fluids and stuff that they gave me helped me. But I need God. That's what I need. Really appreciate that, Dan. And again, for your dear wife, Carol, man, her her uh, message to us was very moving. And she just, you know, come to the realization, even in our own mind, we all, sometimes we forget about this, man, that when we have spouses and we have family members that, uh, you know, you don't, you don't want to think about the possibility of them not being with us. Um, Craig, I don't have to tell you about it, nor do I have to tell myself about it, because it's the reality of life that we're all going to experience if we 
if Jesus tarries, we're all going to experience that same situation that we've experienced uh, through our personal lives with our friends and family members. But, Dan, let's get into your question, brother. But I appreciate it. I'm glad that you're much better now. You sound strong and good, and I appreciate that, brother. Thanks thanks for calling in. Well, it's day 11. I'm actually kind of pretty weak. I'm just I'm just trusting God for it to, to get my strength. Yes, sir. I'm kind of weak. Good. Um, um, yeah, the question really is about prayer. And I know how you feel, Craig, that it's not, uh, there's no power in prayer. My prayer is in me, by me, and all of that, which is hit the ceiling, fall flat down. Without God, there is no power, cause he, but he is the power. So we've got to tap into the power, which is God. Um, I guess to appropriate promises, etc. Jesus told us we have not, so we ask not. What did he mean by that? I don't know where you want to go about prayer. Anywhere you want to go is good for me, Kurt. Well, thanks, Dan, and it's good to hear your voice, and we'll continue to keep praying for you, brother, that uh, you make a full recovery from whatever's going on here. I'm always amazed, as much as I appreciate doctors, but I'm amazed as how much they don't know. Of course, I went to school with a lot of these guys, and I remember thinking they weren't that smart, so why would I think they know somehow learned everything when they finally went and got their medical degree? Uh, but at any rate, prayer is just so important. It's a vital part of the means of grace. And there's four things that church has said historically. If you want to be strong, if you want to stay strong, if you want to grow in your most holy faith, there's four things. Studying of the Word of God, I would say feasting regularly on the Word of God, number one. Number two, a robust prayer life. Number three, fellowship. And number four, regular participation in communion as as the Eucharist as a chance to examine oneself and and see how you're doing with God. But it's a form of self-examination, self-judgment, and let God uh, bring to us. You know, as David said, you know, show me, test me, O oh God, know my heart, see if there be any wicked way in me, and lead me in the way of, you know, righteousness and the ways of everlasting life. So that's what we want. But one of my favorite passages, uh, uh, there's many, many, well, I'm going to share two if you don't mind. What, uh, I love this one about Epaphras. Can't wait to meet this guy. Mm. Paul says of him in Colossians, in fact, uh, he, he, anyways, went through some real hardships, but it says, Epaphras, this is verse 12 of Colossians 4, who was one of you and a servant of Christ Jesus sends greetings. Now listen to this. He is always wrestling in prayer for you, that you may stand firm in all the will of God, mature and fully assured. So the, the word picture, he's wrestling. He, he, he is, he's grappling with God like Jacob of old, wrestling with the Lord. To the God, bless them, strengthen them, encourage them. The Church of Colossae, Father, they need to grow, they need to mature, they need to become strong, they need to stay strong. I mean, I, I can't wait to meet this guy. When Paul gives him such high praise, uh, this guy truly was was a, a spiritual gladiator, uh, and and prayer is part of that. It's like someone saying to me they want to be a, a, a very competitive runner or weightlifter or any sport, but they don't put in the time, they don't do the practice, they don't eat well, they don't get to sleep. Well, then they got to know you're never going to compete and do well. If we want to compete in the ultimate games, if I can call it that, and the ultimate competition, which is, you know, walking with the Lord and, and serving him and worshiping him. But where I want to go is, is uh, 1 Thessalonians 5, where Paul says, he tells us to pray without, test all things, hold fast to that which is good. But he also says, 
pray without ceasing. Now, a person ought to go, well, come on, that's hyperbole, right? He doesn't, he doesn't really mean pray without ceasing. Mm-hmm. No, he does. Now, there's a, there's a dozen words almost for prayer used in the New Testament, but the main one is, is noun and verb respectively, is prosyuke or prosyukemai, uh, and it is a form of fellowship. It is a form of communication with God. It is fellowship with God. So that's why Paul can say literally pray without ceasing and not being hyperbole or just a literary device, because you can pray when you're driving your car. No, you can pray when you're doing... All- all kinds of things. Well, this is too important, Daryl. I don't want to rush. Yeah, yeah. So let's, let's, that's what I'm saying. Let's, 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 let's take a break. Come on, let's have a break because this is too important. That's why I stepped in there. So, Dan, I'm going to put you on hold, brother. Hang in there with us, okay? I'm going to put you on hold, ladies and gentlemen, let you know that we're going to go to the top of the hour break. Come on the other side of the break. Finish up the question and the response and the issue of prayer, how super important it is in your life, whether you know it or not, believe it or not, practice it or not. Stay tuned. You want to hear about it. And David, we're going to get to you. And JR, we're going to get to you as well as far as the phone calls are concerned. But everybody else, I want to invite you to participate in the broadcast. Ask, you know, during this broadcast, during the break, won't you pray, everyone out there, pray to God and ask him, how can you participate in this broadcast? Whether you continue to pray and lift up the the whole broadcast itself, whether you give, whether you call in with a question, everyone should be praying. Every chicken in the barnyard, as I say, should be praying about this broadcast during the time you're participating. It's like being involved in a basketball game or what have you. Participate. And there's so many different ways you can participate without calling in. But calls is a great. You can pray. You can just lift us up to the Lord even as the broadcast is going. So I ask that you would actually do that. But if you do want to call in, it's 888 Every other format is Bible Info Brokers, Bible Info Brokers, Facebook, email, or tweeting us. And you hear that music? We're going to take a break and be back after these messages. 